Democrats are pushing a radical Marxist agenda, while weak Republicans let it happen. Do you feel helpless? Want to know how to fight back? Well, here's the answer. ThePrecinctStrategy.com is a free resource on how to become your local GOP precinct committeeman. Precinct committeemen help elect county chairmen, officers, and even delegates to the RNC. There are over 400,000 committeemen seats across the U.S. But what the GOP establishment doesn't want you to know is that 200,000 of those seats are vacant. We need America First Patriots to fill these seats. It's time to fight and kick the rhinos out. Help take back our party. You can make a difference. And PrecinctStrategy.com will show you how. Take action now. Be a warrior. Help save this great country. Visit PrecinctStrategy.com now. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Blue Collar Blacklisted. Uh, since the inception of this show, uh, we've been asked many times what people can do to be involved uh, in the election process and what people can do to help some of the things that are going on in our country. And today we welcome Dan Schultz and he's going to give you information to do just that. And I've personally anticipated having you on Dan, and I'm really excited to share this with our listeners. Cause I, I think that what you're doing carries a lot of weight and it has the magnitude that I think people are looking for. Uh, where can people find, find you online and what does the process entail and why is it so important? Well, you can find me online. Um, the best place to start is precinctstrategy.com. That's precinctstrategy.com. That's my website. And what I try to do there is explain as succinctly as possible, uh, because it seems most conservatives have the attention span of a gnat, um, unfortunately. Uh, no offense, uh, but uh, it's, it just seems to be the case. Everybody's so busy that... Um, I tried to boil down the precinct committeeman strategy into the, the basic, basic, basic concept that it's we, the people, who are going to save this country. There's no knight in shining armor coming to save us. George Washington's not coming back from the dead. The, the, uh, the, the, the preamble to the Constitution says we, the people, ordained the constitution and and it's our job therefore to ensure that it gets enforced and the way we enforce it is by electing better people who take their oath of office seriously look at these clowns that are in congress both republicans and democrats it's a uniparty they don't follow our constitution they don't they, ne- they don't even read the dang thing Amen. And it's whose fault is that? It's not their fault. It's our fault for reelecting these people over and over and over again. Look at how long some of these people are, have been in office. Decades, multiple decades. They keep getting reelected. Whose fault is that? It's not their fault. It's our fault. In each of the states, we keep reelecting these senators. We keep reelecting the members of the House. They can all be removed in the House every two years. Every two years, the framers gave us the power collectively to vote them all out. And how many do we end up voting out? Virtually none. That's the problem. 
So the best way to fix that, the absolute best, and it's the only way to fix it, is to take over one of the two parties and run better candidates in the general election. And how do you do that? They have to win the primary. Unfortunately, most of the incumbents run in the primary. And what is the turnout in a typical Republican primary? 20%. of Republicans don't vote in the primary. That's the problem. So what precinct committeemen do is they do two things. Fundamental, two things. One is they are the party itself, okay? So they they elect everybody who runs the party, precinct committeemen do. It varies. How this all works varies from state to state. And at my website, I've got something for each state. Something, something I've been able to find online for each state. You would think that the RNC would have for every state in the union and all five territories and D.C., all of those entities have representation on the RNC. You would think if they wanted us, they would explain chapter and verse. Hey, you're in Arizona. Click on the Arizona button, and and we'll show you exactly how to become a voting member of the party in Arizona. That's not on the RNC website. And the reason it's not on the RNC website is, wait for it, wait for it, they don't want you. They like everything just the way it is. And the state parties, by and large, don't have how-to guides. Not all don't have it. Some do. What I've tried to do on my website is lay out something for each state. I don't have the territories. I don't have D.C. yet, but I've got something for each state. And it may only be, like in the case of Alabama, the first state alphabetically, all I've got is the bylaws of the state party. That's all I've been able to find online that explains how it all works in Alabama. Every state's unique. So precinct committeemen, like I said, do two things fundamentally. They're the party. They, they change the party. You, if we infuse the party with enough conservatives, the party would become conservative. And I have a graphic on my site that shows that. There's 74 million MAGA people. We only There's 400,000 precinct committeemen positions. 200,000 are vacant. Three-tenths of 1% of 74 million of the MAGA people. Three-tenths of 1% is about 200,000. Mm-hmm. We can't even get three-tenths of 1% of 74 million people who claim they voted for Donald Trump to do anything other than go to rallies or do boat parades. If you want to do something, become a precinct committeeman. Then the other thing that precinct committeemen do is they are instrumental in getting out the vote for the best candidate in the primaries. Remember I said average turnout, 20%, maybe 25. Precinct committeemen in their individual voting precincts get access to get out the vote software that the party provides. And then you can boost turnout for the candidate that you want to win the primary by by engaging those 80% or so, 75% or so that never vote in the primary. They're good, decent Republicans, but like all of us, we're very busy. They don't have time for politics. They may vote in the general, but they never vote in the primary. So what I do in my in my precinct with my fellow precinct committeemen, and in Arizona, there's one precinct committeeman slot 
for every 125 or so Republicans in your precinct. So we have 10, we have a little over a thousand Republicans. We have 10 slots and all 10 are filled. When we work together and divide up the work and just target in the primary and then again in the general, those lower information, lower propensity voters, and, and call them, make a phone call to them if they have a phone number listed. And if they don't be, if they do, we leave a message usually and we say we're going to drop off some campaign literature for some of the best candidates and a sample ballot with our recommendations on it. And then we deliver that to their door. We don't knock on the door. We don't bother them. We just leave it there after calling them. They throw mailers away, but flyers hand-delivered to their door, they tend to read. And then we tell them, you can really make a big difference if you'll vote in the primary. You can make a, your vote is more important in the primary than in the general because hardly anybody votes. We've got some great candidates that you ought to vote for in the primary. Please go vote. Call us if you have any questions. And then we list our phone names and phone numbers. We're your precinct committee. Short and sweet. That boosts turnout. It works. I've defeated a incumbent rhino in a state legislature race for state Senate in 2016. His, his last name was Schmuck. Wow. And we got the <laughs> Schmuck elected in the primary. Because we work together. So precinct committeemen do two things. They're the party. You, when you become a precinct committeeman, you are part of the Republican Party. And you get to vote for who represents us as the chairs of the committees. So here in Arizona, you get to vote directly for your county chair. You're also a member of a legislative district committee. You get to vote for those officers. Then if you want to, you can run for state committeemen at your organizational meeting, there's one state committeeman for every three elected precinct committeemen. And then you can go to the state meeting if you get elected and vote directly for the state chair and the other officer. Precinct committeemen in Arizona also elect the delegates to the state convention. You can run for delegate if you want and vote for yourself, but only the precinct committeemen get to attend these meetings where these delegates are elected and elect the delegate. The delegates at the state convention every four years elect a national committeeman and a national committee woman directly. That's real political power. Precinct committeeman has been called the most powerful political office in the world. And it is. You, Like I said, you have two main functions. You're the party. You're part of the party. You can change the party. And we collectively could take it over in a two months if we would all become precinct committeemen sure. and fill up all these vacancies. And then secondly, you're in the best position to get out the vote for the, for the, for the uh, uh, candidates in the primary. Which the process that you're describing would pretty much do away with the lame excuse of having to choose between the lesser of two evils. Yes, of course. And it's sort of like a, you know, a chicken and the egg thing. We would have better candidates. We would have more America first conservative candidates running for office if they knew, hey, look at all these America firsters who come into the Republican Party and have become precinct committeemen. Like here in, here in Maricopa County, we were at, we went into the most important election in our lifetime, remember? In 2020, it's the most important election in our, we hear that every, every four years. Okay, so how many 
conservatives filled up the vacant precinct committeeman slots. Virtually none, except those that I recruited. We here in Maricopa County, we had only 36% of our slots filled after the primary election. And it's pathetic. Okay, that's why we lost the election fundamentally. It would have been much harder for them to cheat if we had had a full strength Republican Party in every state. Poll worker doing poll working, yes. doing poll watching and boosting turnout. My my precinct, like I said, we work together. I had over 90 percent of the Republicans turn out to vote in my precinct because we work together and we have over the years to constantly ask these lower information, lower propensity voters, please vote, please vote. It's important, please vote. But the average statewide was something like 70% of Republicans. That's the the problem. uh, Something I had in my notes that I was glad to hear you say, I mean, for this method to work, it's it's really imperative that the policy is hub-centric around America first. That's the goal. That's, That's the goal. Yeah, but we don't have a listen. We what we have is we're right. We America firsters. We're right on the issues, but what we're what we are deficient in is participating in the process properly. The rhinos, the rhinos who run our party by and large, you know, they're not really Republicans. They're Democrats pretending to be Republicans, Absolutely. and we let them get away with it because we don't participate. That's the problem. I, I, I came up with this phrase or this, um, you know, it's, it's, it's make-believe, but I call it CPPPDS, Conservative Political Party Participation Deficit Syndrome. We conservatives, we love to complain. We got all the answers, and we've got podcasts, and, oh, we, we're on Twitter, and all the social media complaining, and, oh, why don't you just do it this way? What? Are you a precinct committeeman, I ask? Yeah. Crickets. Crickets. That's the problem. Absolutely. What uh, What could, in Arizona, if someone new to the whole game, they, they want to try this, what What can they expect the minute they walk into to, uh, a meeting for the first time? It depends. It, it depends. It depends on the county. And it depends on the legislative district committee. If conservatives are in charge, it's going to be a fun meeting. It'll be a working meeting. They'll be welcomed. They'll be asked to raise their hand and say, uh, identify themselves and say a few words about your, yourself if you like. If it's being run by rhinos and they find out you're a conservative, they won't like you. Mm-hmm. They'll, do, they'll do everything they can to make it hard for you to participate. In Florida, for example, where the rhinos are in charge. I know in some counties after the election, the rhinos, the rhino chairman and other officers basically told the people wearing Trump hats and whatnot, you're not welcome here anymore. You might as well not even come anymore. We're in charge. We're the establishment. Okay. Again, whose fault was that? It's the fault. I mean, most, I talked to a lot of people in Florida. And I always ask them, okay, your county committee, how many slots do you have? And how many slots are filled? I'll give you a perfect example. Palm Beach County. That's where Mar-a-Lago is. Mm-hmm. That's where Donald Trump lives. 
Don Jr. has a home there. Mark Levin lives there. Dan Bongino lives there. You know how many slots they've got filled? About 15% of their slots are filled. Where are all, and this is a super wealthy county with lots of wealth, lots of conservatives, but they're all too busy doing boat parades and, and stuff like that instead of the grunt work of going to a meeting. And, and there, they were only meeting every other month. And the rhinos are in charge in Palm Beach County. And but that's starting to change because I know people in Palm Beach County who are recruiting America Firsters, but they can't even fill up all the slots there. Yeah. So, you know, Donald Trump endorsed me and endorsed the precinct strategy on February 27th. He's at, going to be at a rally today in Michigan. And I sent his speechwriters about 250 words to insert into his speech. And I've done it for the la his last three rallies. I did the same thing. I tailored it to where he was. He was in South Carolina. I tailored it to South Carolina. I Because the terminology is different. In Michigan, they're not called precinct committeemen. In Florida, they are. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. In South Carolina, you're called a, a precinct delegate. And then it, it even kind of varies from county to county. In, in Michigan, it's precinct delegate. So the terminology varies from state to state. And I try to explain that on my website, you know, that it's not called precinct committeeman everywhere. Like I grew up in Wisconsin a long time ago. There it was called ward captain. Well, they've changed the Republican Party in, in Wisconsin drastically. And now they don't even really have precinct committeemen anymore it's all top down you have to get appointed to a slot mm -hmm. and that can be changed but it's like nobody in wisconsin knows how to change it i know how to change it but nobody there seems to know how to do it and i've, I've got 25 or 30 people i'm working with in wisconsin and it's like they just can't figure out what to do um and so i'm, I'm helping them well I, I think that we're coming to uh, a point where people are I think the uncomfort that, that we're facing is going to drive people to continue to, to more frequently ask the questions I've been hearing since we started doing this is you know, people are going to have to get involved. It's imperative that people get involved if they want to, if they want this to change and ultimately not to be melodramatic, if you want to save the country, it's going to have to change. And I, I, I believe this yeah. is a requirement to fill all the slots is going to be a requirement. It's going to have to happen. And it, it, it is, it, it, it has to happen. This is what I, you know, look, look, I've been to some of these events where people like Michael Flynn are talking and uh, other, others of these, you know, people and go, go, standing up on the stage and saying, get involved locally. That ain't cutting the mustard. Nobody knows what that means. Get, get involved in school board. What does that mean? Yeah. Go, go, if you, if you think going to school board meetings is going to save the country, it isn't. Right. What's going to save the country is the following. We have to take over one of the two major political parties. How do you do that? There's only one way to do that. You have to populate the voting member slots of it with your people. Okay. So in our case, it's America first conservatives have to get off their rear ends and have to go to these mundane meetings once a month 
and participate and add, walk in and say, I want to become a voting member of this committee. How do I do it? I recommend before you do that, though, you go to my site, look up your state, read everything and study it, including these mundane bylaws. Some states have precinct committeeman handbooks, like Arizona has one. I've got it linked at my site. Texas has a resources page. Now, the Texas Republican Party has a fantastic resources page on their website. The problem is they hid it from the public. But I have the link on my site. You can download a precinct, precinct committeeman in Texas. They're called precinct chairs. They have a precinct chair handbook. They also have a county committee chairman handbook. They also have a PowerPoint that explains the structure of the Republican Party. You can also download the bylaws and um, of the state and, their, and, and, and county bylaws. You got to do a little bit of homework. See, I learned all this in seventh grade in civics class mm-hmm. back in Wisconsin in a public school. They don't teach civics anymore. We talked about that last Unfortunately. night. <laughs> that was on last yeah. night's episode that'll be published tomorrow. That's, that's uh, yeah, yeah, and so that's that's a fundamental problem. But guess what? It's not rocket science. I put it, look, I have a little book that you can also get at my site. It's got a real catchy title. How to get into the real ball game of politics where you live to help President Donald J. Trump make America great again. And it's essentially generically what I learned in seventh grade civics. And it's this, and I dedicated it to my family and to my teacher, Sam Elvord, who unfortunately tragically died in a car accident about 10 years after he taught me all this stuff. And it, he, he told us at the end of the, that year, seventh grade, because the civics part came in the second semester. And he said to us, okay, listen, guys and gals, I've equipped you now. I've taught you what the knowledge you need moving forward in your life. When you become voting age, and back then it was, I think the voting age is still 21. I don't think they have changed it yet. They might have changed it to 18. I write about them, but I don't recollect it. Regardless, he said, I've, I've, if our country ever gets into a real political crisis, and remember, this was 68 and 69. We were, uh, we were in a political crisis. We were having all sorts of turmoil in the United States. Not where I lived in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. It was pretty, pretty idyllic. But, you know, there were riots going on in, in many of the race riots. And then there were all sorts of protests going on about the war. And the weather underground was blowing stuff up. There was all sorts of turmoil. Okay. Um, but, he, but, but we didn't think it was that bad then. Some people did. I, but most didn't. Anyways, he, he told us, he goes, I've equipped you now with what you need to do if we ever get into a political crisis. You know what you need to do now. You need to pick a political party of your choosing, whichever one you align with in your, in your views and your values and your principles, whichever one that is, and get involved in it and, and become a voting member of it. Become a ward captain. That's what you need to do. And if all the slots are already filled, help the people who are the ward captains. That's what he told us. And I never forgot it. Now, listen, I went on to West Point. I didn't learn anything about basic American civics at West Point. I went to two and two or three different intelligence schools. 
I didn't learn anything in those intelligence schools about basic American civics. I, I went to law school at the University of Wisconsin. I didn't learn anything about basic American civics in law school. I learned it all in seventh grade. That's what, So this is seventh grader stuff. And there's no reason why we adults now can't learn this stuff. Get my book. Go to my website. If you don't want to buy my book, that's okay. It's the best thing probably, though, to get. It's inexpensive and short. I made it as short as possible and as inexpensive as possible. It's less than 10 bucks. And there's a digital version for like three bucks. And I think if you have Amazon Kindle Prime or something, the, the, the Kindle version is free. I've got it on my iPhone. Um, learn this stuff and then do it. Get you know, I've got this uh, acronym, this uh, uh, acronym I call WAG Today. What are you going to do about it? Absolutely. That's what we need to do. We've got to do stuff instead of just talking. Sure. I had one guy call me years ago next door in legislative district 17. I was, I'm in, I was in legislative district 18. He lived in legislative district 17. He called me up. He wanted to talk politics. I said, well, if you really want to do something and get involved, become a precinct committee. Okay. 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 So he calls me back two months later. Have you gone to the meeting? Have you volunteered to become a precinct committee? No, no, I haven't yet, but I'm going to. I'm going to. So I talked to him a little bit more, and then I, I, uh, I call Andy. A couple months later, he calls me again. He wanted to talk about politics. He said, have you become a precinct committee man yet? Well, no, no. I said, listen, I really can't take you seriously. Sure. We, after you become a precinct committee man, then call me back. And I never heard from him again. <laughs> Typical, yeah. sad, but typical. I'm, I'm not optimistic. I tell people, listen, I've been telling people this since 2009 when I started going to Tea Party rallies and Tea Party meetings and 912 group meetings and all these other groups that sprung up. They'd have their meetings and they would talk. And I'd go there and I'd say, listen, if you really want to do something, become precinct committee and take over the party. And then at the end, I would say, and I still say it to this day. Listen, I can't guarantee you that if we do this and we take over the Republican Party, I can't guarantee you that we're going to save the Republic. Can't guarantee that. But I can guarantee you this. I, and I do guarantee it. History teaches. If we don't do this, the Uniparty is going to continue. Nothing's going to change in D.C. And we're going to go right into socialism, just like we are right now. Uh, I I agree. I, I don't I don't see any argument to the contrary whatsoever. Uh, I, I, like I, I I do have the feeling there's kind of a fundamental disagreement that we have on our show between uh, Buford and I that uh, people won't be spurred to do anything more than they're already doing. And uh, I I feel like I said before the level of discomfort we're just now starting to see once people realize what's going on. I, I they're not going to have any choice but to do something and your strategy the sooner the better it's unfortunate that it hasn't caught it hasn't caught fire yet um i'm not necessarily as pessimistic as you are i i think that uh if we see food shortages like what they're describing i think people are going to be looking for any any method of recourse they can to try to rectify this and if it, it people it's like i said it's imperative they become politically involved somewhere in the process i think there's going to be in my opinion would be 
you'll have a lot of people looking to be involved at that point because they're already starting to see the semblances of how bad this is going to be. Uh, Buford's a little more pessimistic than I am. Yeah, and, and Dan, I, I hope I'm wrong because Stanley and I and were in D.C. on January 6th and a couple other guys as well that are not with us today. But when we were there, I witnessed firsthand just the the lack of, of – I really don't know how to put it, but just I lost, it's almost like I lost my faith in, in my country and just the, the, the people in the country because I, I just can't believe that we allowed to happen what happened. And like I've said on our podcast many times, the people in power that are in power now saw that the dog just rolled over and showed its belly. And I think that when that happened, they're just going to continue to do what they did on that day. And it's just going to continue to get worse and worse. And then that's even made me question, um, like what you had said earlier today in the show, that these people have been reelected for decades and decades. Uh, who's to say that, that and, and, and I don't know, I'm just out of ignorance, who's to say that they weren't doing this for the last 20 or 30 years to stay in power? Right, right. One one thing I wanted to ask before we let you go was uh, what what exactly was occurring in Arizona with the the state legislature and the precinct committee? Man, there's some law that's in question that that either passed and yeah, it it got it got struck down as being unconstitutional, and and, and it was hilarious because it was unconstitutional fundamentally on the grounds that it was nonsensical. The court said that what you passed is nonsensical. Hmm. It doesn't even make any sense. So on that basis alone, I can strike it down. But they also didn't follow the procedures for for enacting the law because it was an emergency legislation. And, you know, the court said you didn't even follow the procedure for an emergency act. And then every single Republican voted for it. Every single one. Mark Fincham voted for it. You know who he is, probably. Yes. Yes. He's running for secretary of state. I'm not going to vote for Mark Fincham. I'm going to try to vote for somebody else. Uh, There's another legislator, Shauna Bullock. She's also running against Mark for secretary of state. I'm not going to vote for her either. These people, we now know, the silver lining is, we now know that these Republicans, even these so-called conservative Republicans who are looking out for us, they don't even read the bills. They're all busy running around the country raising money instead of Instead of spending the time and, and making the effort that we elect them to do, read the damn bills before you vote. Do you feel like didn't. do you feel like that that, that being included in, in that legislation was a direct assault on what you're trying to do? Yes, I do. I believe it was a, a test to see what we would do if they passed the thing. And luckily, Kelly Ward, our chairwoman, hired some good attorneys to attack it on constitutional grounds. But technically, it wouldn't. It was a toothless piece of uh, legislation because it said that the county chairs 
had to, they shall appoint precinct committeemen and not have elections. Well, the problem with that is many of the county chairs don't even understand this. Most of the people in our party don't understand this kind of stuff that I'm just explaining to you. County chairs and everybody in the is a, is a precinct committeeman who got elected to county chair. We're not part of the government. They don't have any jurisdiction over us for what we do internally. So what we could have done, see, we they have been allowing us, and not all states use the primary to elect precinct committeemen. We kind of piggyback onto the primary in Arizona and in the other states. But we're getting, we're not getting elected to a government position. We're getting elected essentially to a club position, like a yacht club. Okay, that's all we are. All the Republican Party is is a network of people, individuals. We're not part of the government. So they said county chair shall do this, county chair shall do that. Uh, the only problem is what happens if the county chair doesn't do the shall? There's no enforcement mechanism, nor could there be, because they don't have any jurisdiction over us. That's why it didn't say, also say, and if the county chair doesn't fails to carry out the above duties, it's a misdemeanor. They can't pass legislation like that because we're not part of the government and they don't have any control over what we do internally. And there's case law that says this, and it's just common sense. So, and, and, and it's what we do in terms of associating politically. That's guaranteed by the First Amendment. It's protected by our, our right to, you know, uh, 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 peaceably assemble for redress of grievances. What we do as political parties, that's protected by the First Amendment. We're peaceably assembling and we're redressing grievances of the government. That's what political parties do. We're just, so what we could have done, and I told Kelly Ward this immediately, and I wrote up a, a, a strategy for it, and I sent it to her, and she agreed with me, that if we don't get rid of this bill, if they don't repeal it, or if it's not struck down, let's just have private caucus meetings, like they do in other states, where they don't use the primary. We'll just all meet in each precinct, all of the Republicans can meet. Like, And I told her, I said, in my case, I'll have it at my house. There's 1,100 Republicans in my precinct, and we have 10 precinct committee in the slot. And we had 10 candidates. We were ready to go. We were ready to file our paperwork. And we have filed our paperwork now since this thing got struck down. We have to get no more than 10 signatures. One can be yours on a nomination petition, and then we have to file a declaration of candidacy. So those have been filed. Okay. So, but if, if, the, if this thing hadn't been struck down and they hadn't repealed it, well, I would have done is I would have said, I would have put out the word to all 1,100 Republicans as best I could um, in my precinct, come to my house the night after the primary at 7 o'clock, and we'll have, a, we'll have a caucus meeting. And if you want to run for precinct committeeman, you can come and we'll, we'll pass out paper ballots and we'll write down the the names of the 10 you want, and I'll have a whiteboard with the names of all the candidates. And if you want to run, you can nominate yourself. And then we'll have an election. And we'll, it'll be transparent. And we'll, and we'll, hand, we'll, we'll hand count the, the ballots after we all vote. And the top 10 vote getters will be the precinct committee. And I had no worry that, it, that no more than 10 would show up. Because most people don't want to be PCs. Yeah. Um, and... We can only have one for every 125 voters in, in Arizona by statute. That's the way. If you get ballot status, you you have to play by their rules. 
and we have ballot status. So we have to have an election. Um, we've been piggybacking on the primary. The government's been letting us, but the counties didn't want to do that anymore. And that's why they passed this ostensibly. It doesn't cost them anything really to do this. And think of it. Here's a think of it. Our counties were complaining to the state legislature. Oh, gee whiz. You give us all this money, and then we have to hire people, and it's too much work to do all this stuff for precinct committeeman election. You know, that's one of the fundamental roles of government, is to hold elections. And it's right from the Constitution. It's given to the state legislatures in each state to run the elections. And so in our state, Arizona, they passed a law a long time ago. We're going to let the, have the, let the parties with ballot status use the primary. And in most cases, like in Maricopa County in 2020, that most important election in our lifetime, we had 748 precincts then. And I think there were four or five contested pre uh, elections for precinct committeemen where there were more candidates than there were slots. So they had to print up a ballot. But in every other case, including mine, we had, we had, uh, Back then, two years ago, instead of 10 slots, we had 11 slots. We had we had 10 candidates for the 11 slots. Two people dropped out at the very end, but, and they said, I'm not going to file my paperwork after all. So we had 10 for the 11. And then after the election, next, the following January, we got an 11th appointed to the vacancy. Um, but... Um, that's that's the way it works here in Arizona, and thankfully they knocked down that law. But yeah, I do think it was a direct assault on us, precinct committeemen and conservative Republicans, and they wanted to see what we would do. The the fact that you have attention to that degree with this method, the, I mean, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I mean, that to me that I. <laughs> it, they're worried about it at least to some degree. Because they, of course it's, they are. it's obvious They're, that it's effective. Of course. That's, you know, Bannon asked me when I'm on his program occasionally, why do you think they're all up in arms on the left up about the precinct committeeman strategy? And it's simple. It's because when I, I'm the signal, everything, the rest of the stuff on his program is just noise. It's just issues, 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 issues. I'm the only guy who comes on and says, hey, here's what we can do about it. Yeah. And we better do it. And so the left hears that and they go, oh, my God, the conservatives have figured out how to do politics. we got to squash <laughs> that bug. And that's you know? one of the things that, that is, uh, they're so notorious for is, is their organizational processes, uh, dirty or not. They, I've said it for years. They work 24-7 around the clock to get what they want done politically. They're very efficient at it. And as you stated, how – generally speaking, conservative people because they're, always, they're, they're busy working. And they just – I think one of the things that, that's wrong is, is people just assume out of ignorance that the government is benevolent, is benevolent as a whole, especially at the lower levels, and it's just as corrupt as what you see at the federal level in, in my observation. And it's – I keep going back to the same thing. It's imperative. We have, have to get involved now. And the, uh, yeah, one of, one, of two, one of two things is going to happen in 2022. We're, we're either going to fix things or we're not. It's like that Mercedes commercial now, you know. Uh, he's, the guy, the narrator says something about it. You either have great performance 
or you don't, or whatever he said. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen in 2022. We're either going to fix fix it, or we're not. And if and if it's and if we don't fix it, this country's done. Yeah. It won't be a republic anymore. It's going to become a banana republic, not a not a real republic. It's going to be just like it is right now. Look, we have judges who don't follow the law that are on the federal bench. Look at some of the people they're putting onto the bench. Um, it's frightening. We've got uh, look at the, look at the cast of characters in the Biden administration. Right. We we allowed that to happen. We the people allowed that to happen. Well, it is whether as, it was as infectious as the complacency was. Uh, ideally, the empowerment of a method like this would be just as infectious when people realize that they can take back the power and. In, We'll we'll be selling it on here. We've already been talking about it. We'll be selling it on here as hard as we can. Um, we we've talked about it quite a bit. Uh, just in well, I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers that tonight at the Michigan. It was funny. Uh, I was at Costco with my son, and I had on my Make America Great Again hat, my red one with my PC button, PrecinctStrategy.com button. And wearing one of Steve Stern, the flag shirt guy's flag shirts with a, a PC button on as well. And I walked by one of the vendors who was, I don't remember what he was hawking. And he, and as I went by, he, he saw my hat, my shirt, and goes, he's going to be speaking tonight in Michigan. Yeah. You know, and I just raised my hand, you know, like a power salute. Yeah. You know, um, those of us who know one another, you know, by what we wear and whatnot, uh, it's fantastic. But the problem is that guy who said that, that's all he probably knows is Trump's going to be speaking tonight. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't have time to turn around and go back and say, hey, are you a precinct committeeman? But if I would have had time, that's what I would have done. Yeah. And, you know, I carry my recruitment flyers in my car. If I see a car with bumper stickers that, it, you know, like, Trump, you know, Trump won or anything Trump-ish, you know, I, 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 I put under their windshield wiper my recruitment flyer. It's got my name and phone number on it, and it explains the precinct committee and strategy. You know, this isn't hard. It's basically show up once a month at a meeting and learn how to do it. And, and it's not difficult. Uh, and I tried to make it as easy as possible at my website. Uh, but listen, um, how many hits do I get on my website a day? Typically, maybe six, seven hundred. If I go on Bannon's War Room, how many hits do I get uh, in a, uh, on that day? Maybe two thousand. Okay. That ain't that ain't gonna. That's not moving the needle because right. most of the people who come, they're not gonna do anything. It's only a few that actually come to my site are gonna do anything. And then most people who come to my site, they don't even take the time to read what's there. The first thing they do is they shoot me an email. Dan, I'm in this county. What should I do? Well, I explain on my site. Here's what you need to do. Go to your search bar on your browser. Type in name of your county, county, Republican, committee, name of your state, and see what you find. Then, and only then, after you've done more research, contact me. But nope, almost everybody, they just go, contact Dan, because Dan's going to tell them exactly what to do, and he's going to spoon feed it to me. 
you know, sometimes I think Americans, we're not really very good Americans anymore. We used to be, you know, American ingenuity. And, um, you know, I'm getting old. I'm, I'm 66. You know, when I grew up, we were told Americans can do anything. And we were doing anything. We put a man on the moon for crying out loud. Nobody else came close to doing sure. that but us. Sure. Okay. Where is this? Where has this American ingenuity, this America, you know, uh, leads America as uh, the leader? America figures things out. America's going to fix things. Where's that gone? I don't know. Uh, I hope it isn't totally gone. Uh, well, because if it is totally gone, we're gonna we're gonna lose the republic. The the left has infiltrated pretty much every level of academia, and and they they push that. There's uh you know there's been a concerted effort to remove tangible skills from young folks, plumbers, anything blue collar. Uh, yep. And and that yep. kind of ties in this last two generations of effeminate males that can't change a tire or alternator, <laughs> drive belt. Yep. So, um, right. but, and that's one of the things is, uh, it is hard to deprogram people and put information into people's hands, especially with the expedience of which things move this day and age and to keep people's attention. Uh, and I, I was just reading yesterday that a lot of people are moving back to the old style clamshell phone without all the features of the smartphone because they're so addictive and people are starting to realize how much of it <laughs> consumes them and getting away from that and back to a semblance of normalcy, family time, uh, yes. an actual hobby as opposed to watching someone else practice said hobby over YouTube. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, right. it's, it, but that's a constant battle. And one of the things that, that I've just been thinking about lately is, um, you know, you have these kids graduating high school and becoming voting age every single year. And those, those people in large part, because they're being indoctrinated uh, from, from kindergarten up until 12th grade, they're being indoctrinated now more so than ever that they've got to be deprogrammed and parents are trying to, to, to use this process or deprogram their children daily and weekly from, from things that they may be getting taught that aren't, aren't conservative, aren't Christian things that they don't believe. Oh, absolutely. And because yeah. because yeah. they can't afford to do homeschool or private school. And so it's this constant struggle and that struggle extends out into adulthood, but amongst us and, it's not easy task. And it, I mean, it's obvious to me that you're, you're meeting the challenge head on and uh, grabbing the bull by the horns. And I'm, I'm definitely grateful for it. And I think it's a, a great process. And, um, but we, we've, we've it's not hard. No, absolutely. So uh, we're going to have links uh, for your book on, on the, uh, on the description for this podcast. And uh, okay. I, I greatly, greatly immensely appreciate your time. It's been, it's been a pleasure and it's very informative. Um, and yeah. And, and like I said, when I contacted you, I was going to get some books and give them away to our listeners too. So I'm going to, uh, get some books oh, from you and, and I'll do that separately, uh, uh, from the podcast. I'll contact you and get some books and, and we'll do a giveaway, Okay, you know, and, um, and those flyers that you said you would stick under their windshield, uh, for those people, yeah. if you have that in like a PDF format or something, that may be pretty neat I to, do. to get to, I'll send it to, you. to email. Yeah. So we could print some of those off because we see a lot of those where we are too. And then uh, on the Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly's group, the late Phyllis Schlafly, they have a pamphlet that a guy wrote called uh, the most political, I'm sorry, the most powerful office in the world. 
is not the president of the United States. And then it goes on to explain its person committee. And uh, Harry Truman said that, that he believed the most important office he ever held was that of precinct captain in Missouri. Um, he said that in a speech in the 50s after he had left office. And that's documented. And I have a, I have a PowerPoint slide that says that. Abraham Lincoln came up with this simple concept. Figure out who the voters are in your, in your area. And then those, this was when he was a Whig. It was before the Republican Party. And, um, and then make sure they all vote. It's that simple. Yeah. Be on top of them. We, we've got a pretty uh, hardcore group I, I would of listeners if, if we can't implore at least one, at least one, which ideally I think we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll bag more than that. We'll, we'll get some people to try yeah. it. I, I, I'm, I'm confident in that. I am I'm very, too. I'm very confident in that. Um, so yeah, we'll have a book giveaway too then. Absolutely. We will. Awesome. Okay. Terrific. Terrific. Well, Dan, thank you so, so much for your time. And, uh, we'll, we'll shoot that email over and, uh, if we have, okay. whenever we have some success, if it's possible, we'll have you back on to talk about it. If that's cool with you, um, that would be fantastic. And if you get a good success story as a result of this, maybe we can get him on Bannon's War Room to tell it. Man, that would be awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, that'd that be would, awesome. That would be phenomenal. That that even gives us more uh, more motivation. <laughs> so, well, absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you well, so. Thanks much. Thanks for what you guys are doing. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks uh, for everything that you're doing. Yeah, it's an honor. It. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. We'll Take talk care. to you soon. That's too true for radio. Oh, you can't sing about it. They'll show you the door. Cause Nashville ain't got any balls anymore. They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave. But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me. Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show. But that's too true for radio.